morning, everybody, and welcome to All Things SR. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. Happy Saturday to you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. Can you believe it's July? <laughs> Sadly, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> I see that Miss Ashley is not feeling very well with COVID. I'm so sorry. I know, Ashley. I'm so, so sorry. I'm glad you have mild symptoms, but mm -hmm. still, as Betty says, COVID sucks. It does. That it does. You know, and I, I at the funeral next Friday, uh, a friend of mine, Chris Dave Paulson, is, was supposed to read, uh, play the flute, and she has COVID, so she's not going to make it this time, so. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Pam. So, so that's uh, Friday's when the date is set, right? Yeah, Friday morning. Friday morning, uh, the mass is at 10 o'clock, and I should know late, later this week whether the, the mass is actually going to be streamed live or not. So, Because they've been doing that a lot at St. Matthias. So. Well, I think that is lovely that they can. I think that's one of the silver linings of COVID. They've been able to provide greater access to more events mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. That is very true. That is very true. So anyway. Um, well, I we, love the, I love the song that you chose this morning, Pam. Yes. Why would you have chosen that for this chapter? I have no idea. <laughs> I was, I was gonna play return to me. Or you've lost that loving <laughs> feeling, but I just, you know. I love it. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> and as Betty says, my blessedness appears after so many months of being away. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing, Betty, because when I was sending SR questions, which was super late, by the way, so we'll be sharing his answers probably next week. Um I referred to this, I made a reference that, yes, Betty's blessedness is appearing in this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so we were thinking of you reading this one, most Absolutely. definitely. In fact, when I put my notes together, normally, like, I'll, I'll, when I do the chapter heading on my notes, I'll, I'll put something about the chapter. So this week, I said, Magdalene College, Betty will be happy. <laughs> so we got Paul in right away <laughs> so true and I just want to say good morning to everyone who's joining us in the chat I see Kenzie just joined and Cheryl Shell, mm -hmm. Ellie good morning good morning Ellie bless you for joining us so early mm -hmm. on the west coast of the U.S. Lori Black Lab Lady and Ashley and of course our dear Betty um, and don't forget our dear Kenzie. Kenzie I thought, does. I know, I just, I said Kenzie just joined ah. us. It's good to see her in the chat this morning. Yes, it is. I think, I think Paul draws all the true fans <laughs> to the <laughs> chat. Um, as Betty says, Paul knows how to get my attention. I was ready for this chapter a few weeks ago. All good things come to those who wait. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, we so agree, true. Betty. So we true. agree. And it is such a good one. Um, you know, there is some news in the SR world that we know collectively. That's right. And the, the teaser. The teaser came out. Uh, and, of course, that's in advance of the movie that is a little more than a month out. Part right. three. I, I think it's like 33 days, 34 days away. I have counting? a feeling some I have a feeling someone's counting that down. <laughs> As I say every time, I'm just simply not ready. I am not ready for that emotional powerhouse because I know with between the writing, the story, the performances mm -hmm. and the filming, it's just going to be f phenomenal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ashley said the rain teaser. Ah. <laughs> And Kenzie says, good morning, ladies. And yes, I am here to support Paul. I love it. Betty saying, teaser with the book Paul delivered. Thank you, Paul, for saving the film. He is the <laughs> unsung hero. <laughs> Betty, your love of Paul knows no bounds. I just adore you. <laughs> that is so great. 
34 days. That's right. Kenzie counting down the days. But as she also knows, I am not ready for this film. Um, I I just, you know, and, and it's, it's very exciting because they have been working on this for so long. Um, and I, I just, I know it's going to be phenomenal. I'm also excited, though, you know, in the, the larger beyond our SR uh, storytelling, Resisting Roots is coming out this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see that film. It's such a great story. If you haven't read it, it's just, it's really delightful. It's light. Of course, it ha- ties in uh, things that I love, yoga and baseball mm-hmm. and romance. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, and Louise Alton, um, the Aussie director who's uh, directed The Will and mm-hmm. all the Christmas shorts, the quickies last year, um, is the director on this one. So going to be really, really great. Yes, show all the feels, mm-hmm. all the feels. I, I personally, I've been kind of staying away from the teasers. Mm-hmm. I actually have too. Um, I'm not ready for the film to begin with, so. <laughs> um, but I, there's also the practical part that I just have not been on social media much. There's been a lot going on. I've been in more intensive caregiving mode with my mom, and mm-hmm. thankfully this week she's gotten into a rehab center uh, for her back um well not for her back just Mm -hmm. to build strength because she had hurt her back and was to the point where she wasn't able to get up or stand up or walk Mm -hmm. um so we're just really grateful that she was able to we were able to get her there but it's it's been a very it's been intense intense yes intense couple weeks a few and i say floor just worked Mm-hmm. Uh, joined us, which is great. Lori, you are like me. I love it. Lori says, I need to read the book before the movie. Um, yes, definitely. You should download it. Um, it's such a good, it's, it's such a good read. And it's not, it's, it's like I said, it's a lighter book, which I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing all the light, happy things lately. Um, so thank you, um, yeah. Betty, for that as well. Yeah, I, I've been um, the last uh, three weeks to a month. I've been kind of still dealing with uh, things that would take my mind elsewhere. Yes, I, Which, I watched the the uh, um, the Philadelphia story the other night. Oh my gosh, I love that movie. That's mm-hmm. a classic. If you guys haven't seen that, add it to your. Your must-see list, mm-hmm. um, classic with Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn and funny, Jimmy Stewart. Funny, great movie, great, great movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading a biography of Catherine Hepburn, and she, she was almost, well, had almost lost her career before that movie came out because she, she's such a strong. She's always been such a strong woman, and so much of a feminist, and especially in, in those. Like the right. 40s, and 40s, that was not liked too much, and uh, so she they she did this play on found this play and did it on Broadway, and then had it. Then she brought it to film to the film, and uh, so she's it, it it brought back her career, and she she absolutely said that it was absolutely said in the biography that that's what helped her. That was phenomenal. Yep, really, really great, and. <clears throat> I think she won an Oscar for that role, if I'm not mistaken. You know, definitely worth checking out. Um, yes, and I love Shell said. <laughs> I love this show because I think the same way. After the feels part, my thought was, don't stand under the tree while it's lightning. <laughs> I don't want to know. La, 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 la. <laughs> well, we know that's in the book. I know, but I don't want to wanna, wanna know about the film. La, 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 la. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And thank you all for sending the healing love towards my mom. She definitely needs it. So, and every, every little thought, prayer, good vibe helps. So thank Mm you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kenzie says, I'm not ready for part three at all. And I did not see the teaser because I want to savor it. Mm -hmm. And especially that scene in the film for the full experience, since it's the most important scene in the book. 
Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for resisting roots. I am too. Like I said, I need I need this lightness and levity and which is also why I'm so glad we're chatting today this morning on yes. all things SR and Benny says my thought at the rain scene was it would be better if it were Paul instead of Gabriel. Oh well. I don't want Paul to catch a cold or pneumonia. <laughs> Betty, you are yeah, on yeah, yeah. fire today. She, and she, fuego. And she, she put a spoiler <laughs> for me out there. Gabriel dies. <laughs> Just kidding. Flora saying the recent teaser has all the feels. Julia brings all the emotions. And we know he will because he and Melanie are just top notch. Um Lori said, I've not seen it, Pam. You need to do uplifting things and take good care of yourself. That's what I'm doing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of Jane Austen. (laughs) Oh, that's always good. Always good. Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) I I have not watched the 1940s version, but I have watched uh, the Colin Firth Mm. and also the Matthew McFadden and... uh, a lot of persuasion. I prefer the Kieran Hines persuasion, although uh, Rupert Pennery jo- Jones plays a, a very good uh, Captain Wentworth as well. So, you know, I never saw Persuasion. <sighs> good. I've never read it or seen good, it, so good. I need to add that to my must. Got to read it too. It's so good. Yeah. Well, speaking of reading, we also be remiss talking about passion flicks in SR and. All Things Romance, uh, Book Bonanza going mm. on in Texas this weekend. Yeah. And Jen's so you'll there. probably see lots of, uh, you'll see lots of posts if you're, if you're online. Um, it, it's, I'm happy that they have that back. I think it's probably one of the first big uh, book author events uh, post COVID that's going on. So Safe travels to everyone who's there coming back. And um, Passion Flicks has a booth there. So I'm hoping they pick up some more subscribers mm-hmm. uh, during the weekend. That's the perfect place for them to market and share Absolutely. Uh, their story. And it's also so. great to meet, to meet up with the other authors of books that they may want to consider filming. <laughs> this is true. Um, I'm laughing because uh, Elena said, Betty, you are too much referring to <laughs> the Gabriel dies comment. And then uh, Betty's saying, have you watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? Actually, no. But I remember um, my old boss, Dave Hendricks, um, one Christmas, you know, when you give gifts out, he knows mm-hmm. he knew how much I love Jane Austen and anything Jane Austen. And so he gave me the book, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. He says, you'll love it, Amy. And he loves <laughs> wow, all ahead of zo- his time, yes. really. He loves all the zombie stuff to begin with. He was like mm-hmm. that. He was like that. And uh, so, yeah. That's a pretty thoughtful gift, though. That's kind of fun. <laughs> he was I know way. people who love that film. I've not seen it. It's, I haven't either. I, I've not a huge zombie uh, apocalypse kind of gal, but mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of the zombie movies that are pretty good, but I haven't watched that. Yeah. And Elena, thank you. <laughs> she said, Pam and Leslie, you both deserve a wonderful vacation of rest and relaxation. Care to go to Belize? Belize would be nice. Anywhere um, but here is fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. And for thank you for sending us both positive vibes and prayers. And uh, yes, so many happy people at Book Bonanza, as Shell said. And Kenzie noted, I was supposed to be there, but life got in the way. So hopefully next year, it seems like a great time. I think for me, the challenge with Book Bonanza, and I don't know how many of you have tried to go or tried to sign up, is they sell out like in a matter of minutes or hours. I mean, so unless you're right on top of it, even if you sign up for their mailing list, it is mm-hmm. tough to get tough a ticket. I know uh, E.L. James was giving away a uh, a ticket and a hotel room and five hundred dollars on her mm. um, bunker page and and, uh, I, and which was pretty cool. She said the only thing you have to worry about is how to get there. 
Which is, that is a great, that is a great gift. Um, and Shell's never read Jane Austen. It might be something you want to check out, Shell. Oh, she's such a great writer. She, you know, and she, she died so young. But she had some, and Sanditon, which is uh, a series that's on public television right now, is based on one of, I think, her last book that she started to write before she passed away. I did not realize that because yeah. everyone's been talking about that series. It's a good series. It's a great series. I need to watch that, yeah. too. Of course, you know, I never even saw Downton Abbey, so. Oh, my God. I know. What's you my problem? My you stole my heart. <laughs> Betty's saying, I'm all for girls kicking butt. Belize, Florence, Vermont, any place with ice cream sounds like fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think Betty might be uh, pulling for Vermont there because of Paul. I have, you think? Mm -hmm. Vermont cheddar. I know Wisconsin has cheese. And the best <laughs> cheese. It does. But Vermont cheddar's not bad. Mm, Vermont cheddar's yummy. Mm -hmm. Lori's saying, I should be there. Always too much going on. And I know it's, it's probably driving Lori crazy because she's living, she lives in Texas. And I know Kenzie, it's probably driving you nuts too, because you're not too, too far. Oklahoma borders uh, the great state mm -hmm. of Texas. So I know, although it's so large and vast out there, it'd probably still take you hours and hours to get there. But hopefully next time, mm -hmm. hopefully next time, friends. <laughs> and Laura saying me too, Betty, anywhere with ice cream, I'm so Old. <laughs> I love it. Kenzie said, "Pride and Prejudice" is an all-time favorite, and Betty's team right, Ralph. Well, you, and, you, and you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I I have been ice creaming, trying to ice get ice cream for a couple weeks now because I could eat a pint a day without without question. Oh, oh yeah, you know. And mm. every time I walk, you know, I've been trying to treat myself easy a bit but every time I walk past the ice cream I just see that ice cream going to either hip uh. or to my stomach or whatever and so I've been staying away from it well not that not that I'm losing anything I'm not but why add to it <laughs> well maybe the the maybe the solution then is getting like a single serving or some like Going to the Melrose and getting a dish oh, or a Melrose. scoop. And by the way, the Melrose, the, I spoke <laughs> with the cashier last week. Yes, I didn't get to Uncle ask Jack you. Uncle Jack will be fine. He has a uh, place to go. Um, they're redoing the bakery and the building that they demolished was actually part of a parking area, which was a block away from where the, the Melrose is. Very good. Mm -hmm. Our beloved Melrose Diner. Mm -hmm. Made made uh, permanently in the storyline of Gabriel's Inferno. Right. Will be remaining for now. Yay. I had to laugh, though, because a couple years ago it did have a fire. Uh, yes. <laughs> was it like a fire of questionable origin? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. However, it was open within a week. And it had apparently it had a lot of damage <laughs> from the fire. Well, so, it doesn't take much. Fires are really, no, but it, really. But what I'm saying is, is it only took a week for it to open. Oh, 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 oh. And you're in South Philly. Uh huh. And that is uh, the land of it's like little Italy of New York. Mm hmm. Well, I, I, um, I'm not alone as I'm looking in the chat room of not seeing Downton Abbey. Shell or Betty um, both have not seen that either. Um, and nor did Elena. She said, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that didn't watch Downton Abbey. Oh, now, I, I still want to. It's just I, I didn't at the time. Our floor as well. And Betty's saying in terms of the ice cream, she's trying a new thing. Really small cup of ice cream. I get my sweet treat and in moderation. Mm -hmm. That's Super smart strategy, Betty. That is a super smart strategy, but a, a small cup of ice cream in my house is a pint. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, we might need to re we might need to reframe the the, well, the well, approach I, for small. <laughs> I, I basically, when I go to the grocery store, there's only one ice cream brand I buy. Mm -hmm. Is that Briars? No. It, it's oh, Hagen is it Dust. a local one? No, Hagen Dazs. 
Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> getting a little fancy pants like SR there, Pam. Hey, you know, if you're with the hog and dog, do it right. You got to do it right. I, although I think till is till a hook or till a hook is something that's, mm. that's mm-hmm. really good. Cheryl just. Mm. Well, Cheryl's saying she loves Briar's gelato indulgences, vanilla and caramel. Now mm-hmm. she cannot find it. Betty's saying, sadly, my supermarket doesn't have mint chocolate chip ice cream. Oh, Betty, I'm so sorry for you. Mm. That is, I know that's one of the <clears throat> the top flavors in ice cream land. Shell likes that flavor, too. Mm-hmm. And Tillamook vanilla, as uh, Cheryl noted. Mm-hmm. Pint for the win, Pam, Shell said. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl saying, Haagen-Dazs butter pecan. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes, that mm-hmm. is good. And Lori... Speaking like a true Texan, a pint is small. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Ellie saw she loved Downton Abbey and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies too. And uh, Flora saying Hagen Dazs vanilla chocolate chip, my fave. Mm-hmm. And Shells said Hagen Dazs dulce de leche and sherry vanilla. Mm. No, I do. Hagen Dazs is great ice cream. Mm-hmm. They used to have a stand. I don't know if they still do. I think. Probably not, because I don't know if they have their retail stands anymore. But they used to have a stand at the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So if we would take the kids, we would go and um, enjoy a little bit of ice cream. Yeah. Uh, yeah my, I, my personal favorites are vanilla, coffee, and uh, butter pecan. Mm. Well, you know, I think some of the best ice cream in the world is uh, from the Penn State Creamery. Of course, I'm biased because I go to of Penn course. State. I went to Penn State. But it's super good ice cream. Um, and that actually is, you know, part of their, they have a whole program around that. In fact, that's where Ben and Jerry's learned how to make ice cream was at Penn State. Little well, known fact. The, the uh, very best ice cream is the one that comes out of my ice cream maker. Oh. So. I love all kinds of ice cream mm-hmm. and gelato. Mm-hmm. And, and I the, learned how to make... Uh, Gelato in uh, Italy. Mm, that's right. Mm-hmm. Another chapter for your book. Pam. I have, and I have a whole uh, spreadsheet of recipes of all different kinds. And the one that I wanted, they had, I wanted, they had this sorbet that the uh, teacher made, mm-hmm. and it was made out of cucumbers. Wow! And it was so good. And I'm like, I've got to have that recipe. He didn't include it in the thing, so I was very upset with that. But anyhow, anyway. Well, sometimes they have to keep their secrets, that's right? That's true. That is true. That's a that's a chef thing, right there. Absolutely. And yes, Shell, Ch- Cherry Garcia, one of the classic Ben and Jerry flavors. And if you ever do go to Vermont, in search of Paul. Definitely stop at Ben and Jerry's. Uh, it is such a delightful tour of the factory. It's and they have. It's just such a fun, fun place. You can see uh, they they take you through explaining a little bit about the background of the company and how they got started and their social mission. And they have a whole area outside, uh, which is the flavor graveyard. Mm-hmm. So the flavors they retire, they have little gravestones. Um, I think, if I recall, they have like a playground area for kids. It's it's just a really, you know, all the delightful, positive mm-hmm. energy vibes that Ben and Jerry's instills. It's it's really a fun little cool. uh, stop to do. So, hey. speaking of speaking of Paul, we've got we should. Uh, I think we've kept Betty waiting long enough. <laughs> I know, but as Betty said earlier, uh, it is worth. Paul is worth the wait, and uh, she said, "I wonder, does what does Raven do when she wants ice cream? Does Willie have a special ice cream room for Raven at their island?" <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is I, I have my. I bought a Cuisinart um, gelato ice cream sorbet. Mm-hmm. And I, there was one other thing I think it made, and. Um, it's very easy as long as you have a freezer and you just freeze things and then you got it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that, you know, they can make it as they feel feel free to. 
that would be lovely. And my sister, she can have ice cream on demand. That's right. <laughs> and my sister uses it for her bourbon slushies when she's up at the mountains. <clears throat> well, yes, please. <laughs> I actually, when I was in Kentucky, I had a bourbon chocolate ice cream that was unbelievable. It was so good. I still think about that. That was from a little shop that, you know, did made their own flavors. It was really, really good. And we also had a really great ice cream experience out at Passion Con. Before we went there, um, Kenzie and I were in Manhattan Beach and they have a beautiful little creamery in this beach town and their flavors and their ice cream were phenomenal. So <laughs> Flora saying, yay, bourbon slushies say what? I'm in. Would Willie make a special wine gelato? Oh, Betty, I bet he could and he would. And Shell said if she's in Vermont, she'd stop by and say hey to Paul for Betty. Mm -hmm. so. so we're going from bourbon slushies and Vermont and Willie's wine gelato. I love that. Willie's wine gelato. That sounds, we need that, that recipe. That would be a good, that would be a good recipe. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. I, I have ideas for that recipe. Um, the special vintage. <clears throat> yes. A special vintage. Um, so we're going from Vermont and Willie to Magdalen College at Oxford. Mm -hmm. Betty is happy. Sexy Paul time, Betty say. Yes. And we start the beginning of chapter 61 in Magdalene, the, reflecting on the winter of February and March, uh, had gone quickly and soon it became spring. During that time, Graham Todd had emailed the fall schedule to Julia and once again offered to speak with Cecilia and the Harvard chair about having her come study with him in Edinburgh. And Julia assured him that she would take care of it. So, you know, still, as you recall, you know, Julia is still kind of in limbo, mm -hmm. waiting to determine if she can attend uh, Edinburgh and the Sage Lectures with Gabriel, uh, because she's kind of being held hostage right now by Cecilia, who's requiring her to stay at Harvard. So she has an ally in Graham Todd, that's for sure, and he wants her to study with him. I also think, too... You know, he knows what a stellar student she is, and he wants to have her brain power yeah, on campus. He's That's going to add to his program. It's true. And he's also offered her a teaching assistant's position, too, Yeah, yeah. while she's there. So, you know, right now the cards are in Julia's hand right now. She's saying she's going to take care of it. But I think it's helpful and kind, and I think she probably feels better that Graham's on her side, Catherine's on her side, and of course, her beloved Gabriel is on her side. So uh, now it's early April, and uh, the Emersons and Rebecca traveled to London and um, went to Oxford so that Julia could attend the Dante workshop organized by Professor Wodehouse. As you remember, she was personally invited to present. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, Gabriel had to return to London the day of the workshop. Uh, he was to record a series of interviews and commentaries on Dante for the BBC uh, during that time. And he, uh, the producer actually indicated he'd only need to be in London for three days. So that would give him time then to return at the end of the workshop um, back with Julia and have some time in Oxford. Um, so even though they were still on the same continent, right, they were still on the same island, mm -hmm. um, you know, he had to he had to be apart from his beloved uh, to take care of Sage lecture business while she was doing the, the Wodehouse workshop. Mm -hmm. Julia missed him and his support and his physical presence, which I can I can relate to. I understand. Um, and as Shell noted, Graham wants her because he believes in her. Mm -hmm. Cecilia wants her, so she, Cecilia, doesn't look bad. Very insightful show. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> Betty's saying, no, Gabriel, you don't need to wear a top hat for the interviews. <laughs> but well, he will be wearing a bow tie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Well, he does rock a bow tie like nobody's business, that's that for sure. True. That is true. So, you know, it's it's the time of the lecture, um, day one of the workshop. As Julia enters the conference room, she saw that it was empty. Except for a man about six foot three, with dark eyes and dark hair, dressed casually in jeans, a button-down shirt and jacket with St. Michael's College um, on the back. Paul. Paul has arrived, Betty. He's here. Sound the trumpets. And he Betty, has arrived. Betty also thinks that uh, uh, Julia should be wearing a fascinator for her lectures. <laughs> I love it. Empty, but one handsome farm boy from Vermont, as Betty said. That's mm -hmm. right. Paul, Julia greeted him. This, as you know, was the very first time they had seen each other. Since the last time they had both been to Oxford, which had been years, right? He had written saying he did not want contact with her anymore. Um, Julia could still feel the sting and the rejection of that two years later. I mean, of course, he sent, he sent congratulations on the birth of Claire. Um, but he pretty much said he needed to break the friendship, break mm -hmm. the ties. It was too difficult for him. Um, and that was honestly such a sad part of the story such a sad part of the book <laughs> betty was about to run into paul's arms <laughs> oh, and shall shall i love she put the top hat of energy in yeah so you know upon seeing julia paul raced to her grabbing her into a great big bear hug jules how good to see you how are you doing which I think was just wonderful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she laughed, telling him it was good to see him and that he's going to have to put her down. And again, wouldn't this be great to see on screen? It, I think it would be. This is a reun reunification of a different kind, reuniting the friendship. Betty said he needed a break to heal. <laughs> Cue in the Romeo and Juliet theme song. <laughs> well, we're not going down that path, Betty. Maybe if it was uh, Elizabeth, but not for Julia. So he quickly looked over his shoulder and asked if the professor was around. When Julia told him that he was in London, he laughed and picked her up again to hug her. He also told her he'd not be punched since Gabriel was in London, and he didn't have to fear for that, which... You know, I think he was half joking, but only half um, when he said that. Mm -hmm. Asking how her trip was, Julia told him she was jet lagged, but good. And Claire stayed awake the entire flight. Um, but they were able to keep her entertained, which I think was really a relief. And mm -hmm. I don't know about you guys reading that just made me this first interaction just made me so happy because I had wondered what it would be like because you knew they I mean there's only so many Dante specialists and you knew they were going to run into each yeah, other again time and I kept thinking Paul can't avoid her forever because they're they're going to see each other professionally so I think um, it, it warmed my heart that he was he didn't even think twice you know it wasn't like he was there was a weird awkward period and I think Julia was a little hopeful but nervous that he might kind of just reject her, mm -hmm. uh, re reject her kindness of saying hello. Um, but he just was in his typical sweet Paul mode, which sweet I think Paul. was great. And <laughs> Betty said, more hugs from Paul. It's a good day. You know, you know what, Paul? We can totally talk while we continue to hug. All good on my side. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it, it's like <laughs> if you've ever had a really bad breakup, and you see that person, how you, you stand back you are. Yeah. You know, so I can imagine what it was like, but he, he was, Paul's a good man and he manned up. Yeah. I think he, he probably thought about this because he knew Julia was presenting. So he knew he would see her. Mm -hmm. And I think he had made a decision on how he would react and what he was going to say. And I'm just happy that he did that. Now, looking in the chat, Lori was so sweet. She said, I just thought of Cheryl's grandpa calling Paul messy, <laughs> LOL. 
And Flora said, I agree, Leslie, no matter what her friendship with Paul has been a constant for her. So this reunion on screen is going to be really sweet. Alina said, definitely a relief to see that they could be friends once again. Sigh. Mm. <laughs> and Lori said, I'm not anti-Paul, but that is funny. <laughs> I agree. But Cheryl, Cheryl's grandpa is just the sweetest. <laughs> and she's laughing, LOL. Mm-hmm. Yes, let Grandpa know he made the show again today, Cheryl. He, ladies he, are thinking of him. The ladies are thinking of him. Absolutely. Anyway, as as great as that is, they're getting together. Shay Julia is now digging information. How are your parents? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheryl's and, calling her grandpa gosh. now, by the way. <laughs> Paul told her that he had arrived the day before and that Professor Picton had picked him up at the train. Now, the neat thing about Oxford and the train station, I, I, I'm not sure what that river is. could be the Thames. I don't know for a fact. And I don't have my geography book in front of me. But it's on the other side, and yet you have to cross over. So it's, and then you come into the town, and if you... When you come across the bridge, if you make a left and go down and around, you'll go to Maudlin. And if you make uh, the other way, you'll go by the bird and the baby. Um, <laughs> so he told her that his parents were fine, but that, you know, his dad had um, was not doing as much on the farm because of his heart. And that he could, would always help him when he could. But she looked great, and he asked about Claire. So, of course, Julie grabs the cell phone. Can I bring <laughs> pictures? Every parent. See, 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 see. And he goes, well, <laughs> I think with my mother, it was a flip thing, you know, the photos, photographs and you flip through them. Um, so anyway, so she said that, Julie, he said he's got a lot, she's got a lot of hair. And uh, Julia said he, she had been born that way. And that she was now styling her hair. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I'm putting in the chat, because Google is my friend, mm-hmm. uh, a link to the rivers of Oxford. Okay. If I can get it to work. Okay. And uh, there are three rivers, Pam, so I'm not sure which one it was. The Isis, the Thames, and the Sharwell. So just a little random factoid. Very cool. Um, as we... Explore Oxford. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yes, Julie the hairstylist is fixing little Claire's hair all the time. I know some baby, my mother always told me that when you're pregnant, you have a lot of heartburn, that means you're going to have a, a hairy baby. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, although when Patrick was born, he had a full head of platinum blonde hair. <laughs> and so, uh, he had come across a picture of Gabriel holding Claire, and he remarked that that was the first time he'd ever seen the professor that happy. Which is so telling and so true, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Charlie, your grandfather is funny. <laughs> Black Lab Lady says, I think you must have the coolest grandpa ever, Cheryl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Betty said, you know, I think this break also reminded Julia that she needed to be a better friend too. Sometimes she was so focused on her own personal problems that she forgot to be there for him mm-hmm. when Paul's dad had the heart attack. That's true. She barely asked how his family was doing. It's good to see her stepping up and being there as a friend. And Betty, I think that's a really smart observation. Um, and I think that's not uncommon, right? If people are really enmeshed in a lot of deep problems and personal issues, sometimes they're not as good of a friend as they typically could be because mm-hmm. um, they just cannot have the capacity to go beyond. Um, sometimes they're just dealing with as much as whatever they can. Um, so, <laughs> yes, LOL, granddad said he knows the lady with the sexy voice likes him. That's Pam, the lady with the sexy voice. 
It's the last and uh, he said thank you and hello. He wants me to cook him some pig's feet and oxtails just to bring it to him tomorrow cool. and to bring it to him tomorrow. So that sounds good to me too, Cheryl. I'm coming down. Mm. <laughs> so, so Paul uh, broached the subject of the email. Uh-oh. He says before everyone arrives, he wanted he wants to apologize for being a jerk. Aww. And Julia also apologized for being so weird. And Paul told her that he was taking it back and wished they'd all should be friends. Well, I think because there's someone named Elizabeth that's coming into Paul's life right now too that makes mm, it perhaps, perhaps. So Julia told him, of course, they're still friends, and, and she missed him, and that she didn't have many friends. Well, well so, and that's always been a, you know, that yeah. was one of the biggest things that, why she, are, you know, she really argued with Gabriel on that fact. Please, right. you know, I'm, he is a friend to me. I, he, she doesn't see him as more than a friend, and I know Gabriel could tell right away that Paul just wanted her, mm-hmm. but, you know, she needed to have you know, a friend through this program and Paul was her, Paul was her friend. Yeah. To be honest, I don't think, you know, I think Julie is a very great friend, but I don't think she has many friends. Some mm-hmm. people are like that. They're, they're really good people, good friends, but they don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. So, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Betty's saying, you weren't a jerk, Paul. You were hurt. All is forgiven. More hugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cheryl has a good observation, too. In this part of the book, Paul seems to mature. That's true. Because he has Elizabeth in his life now. Well, and he's had time to reflect. True. And That's true. So Paul started to change the subject, saying he wasn't sure that was true, but if Gabriel was excited, but asked if Gabriel was excited about the sage lectures. And also, is she going to go with him? And so Julia looked over her shoulder and said uh, that she wanted to, but it all depended upon Professor Mari Nolan. Mm-hmm. The three-quarter time three-quarter show. Three-quarter time show, that's right. Uh, she Brought said, to you by Pam's sister. That's right. She, she loves her Christmas card. Anyway, and we used to have another one that did bird calls. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> she, he said that... She, Julie told him that Professor Marinelli hadn't signed off on it yet, and that um, yeah, Paula is asking why, uh, why, and she said because that she's still in coursework at Harvard, and uh, Cecilia is saying that you know her transfer might not be accepted from Edinburgh. Um, so Julie suggested that it, because they like pain, the reason why professors are so hard on the grad, grad students. Um, and she said, and she said she remembered Professor Payne, which she did not want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's one she'd rather, uh, <laughs> oh, she'd rather forget. Rather forget. Um, <laughs> Marinelli is on my poop list, <laughs> mm-hmm. is what Shell said. And, uh, <laughs> Betty said, I found Jingle Bells sung by chickens on iTunes. So <laughs> that could be another halftime show. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, and so Juliet, um, they were talking, just changing the subject. And he was like, uh, Can you believe that it was four years ago that we all met in Toronto in Professor Emerson's lecture hall? I know. I, I that was. I'm glad SR wrote that in to kind of ground you in terms of storyline and time. Mm-hmm. It really is remarkable if you think of it. That is a lot to go down within a four-year period. True. That is true. So Paul uh, noticed, couldn't either, but he started to notice that other people were coming into the, uh, the lecture hall. And they asked if uh, she had plans for lunch. She said, no, and Paul suggested they go to the refectory. I did not go to the refectory when I was in Oxford, so I can't tell you anything about it. So is the refectory like the cafeteria, or is that like a, a restaurant somewhere? It's more like... Do you, do you little, know? It's sort of like a little place off to the side. It's in Oxford, but like on the... They've got a bunch of little restaurants all over the place. 
Okay. I can visualize it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to Google that now. Of course. I'll see if I'll find the refectory and I'll put a link in. Okay. <laughs> so Julie agreed and she uh, turned to greet Professor Woodhouse and the others. She smiled at Cecilia, but she didn't go over to her. And uh, Professor Woodhouse made his way to the podium. And then Paul slips her now. Professor M is an ass. <laughs> Which she quietly laughed and proceeded to quickly rip up so it could not be found again. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, what a great way to kind of weave and nod mm -hmm. um, elements of uh, the book throughout. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, got to rip that. You don't want it to end up in uh, on somebody's cubby <laughs> or internal mail. Well, I like how Julia has learned um, has learned from the mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you know, after this little uh, little uh, giggle between the two, uh, forty five minutes later. Uh, Julia finished delivering her paper and had opened the floor for questions. And the first question uh, was from a professor from Rome. And he asked, why would St. Francis of Assisi have traveled to the circle of the fraudulent at all? I mean, after all, Guido was a liar and he made up the story. It's clear. So, I, you know, reading this section of the chapter, it was another great opportunity, you know, we talked about four years having passed since mm -hmm. Paul and Julia first met. They've it, just to see the growth in Julia and her academic confidence. Yep. You know, thinking about when she first presented and Professor Wodehouse first saw her as a guest of Catherine Pickton's mm -hmm. um, to now. You know, I think that kind of que that question would have possibly thrown her earlier. Um, you know, because this question answer period is really a time to challenge and poke and prod mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the possibility of what, uh, you know, what could be uh, defended and then what couldn't be defended. Right. So, um, you know, so this professor just said, you know, it, this is very clear. Why, why, why is he doing this? This is a liar. It's made up. Julie responded that as though it was clear he was fraudulent, we know from historical sources that some of what he claims is true. So she, she laid out the facts. She said, look, he had a pact with the Pope. He became a Franciscan. This is documented. Mm -hmm. So the problem was Guido blames others for the fate of his soul, and he mixes truth with falsity. And sorting out both of them is the challenge. So... In her mind, from her perspective, although St. Francis never appeared and it's a complete fabrication, given the other parts of Guido's account, it is more likely that Francis' story is partly true and partly false. And Cheryl's got to leave us. Uh, she's at the salon and it's her turn. Have a great uh, weekend, Cheryl. Cheryl. Have a great, great weekend. Enjoy your time. Please give your grandpa our best. He is such a treasure. I love the fact that he loves SR. <laughs> I know. It's great. It's such a great thing. And I love uh, Ms. it. Miss Kenzie also said earlier that um, that the relationship between Paul and Julie is, is bittersweet because their friendship is ending and it's sad. But it also brings this journey on how far Gabriel and Julie and Paul have, have come. That's you know, true. They, they've grown so much. So, yeah, it is a bittersweet, but it's good. And, Betty, I'm sorry. You're going to have to go to another chipper for the fish and chips. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, as much as I hate fish, I did have fish and chips when I was in England and when I was in London. And so I Well, that's the thing to do, right? That is That is the... One of the quintessential meals. Yes, it is. It when is. you're there. So. so. One of the other things I was wondering when, when I was reading this passage is 
<laughs> I wonder how how much SR has given this lecture. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in his other life. Maybe. Good. You never know. It is true. Mm-hmm. It is true. You, we can speculate that all you want, but mm-hmm. either, even if he didn't, this is his opportunity to, I mean, cause I also think he could just be a pure fan of Dante and well, this could be obviously, but I mean, this could be his way of sharing his vantage point. And, you know, if he's not an educator, if he is, um, you know, uh, in a different profession, but this could be his way of kind of, uh, sharing his perspective and his knowledge on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, we go into, um, an, an additional question from another professor, um, you know, after she answered the Roman professor's question, um, this professor from Frankfurt, a young professor from Frankfurt started the question by saying, uh, she enjoyed Julia's paper, but what about the passage at the beginning of Inferno where Beatrice asks Virgil to guide Dante? She does this, but because she can't. And the professor goes on saying, if Beatrice is not able to go through hell, then how could Francis go to the circle of the fraudulent? In other words, Guido's lying when he says Francis appeared after his death. So, you know, this was a second question that was posed. And um, Julia responded to this saying, you know, it was possible that he was lying. But again, the rest of the speech is a mixture of truth and falsities. The point about Virgil and Beatrice is a good one, she admitted. And she asked, she said, Beatrice asked for Virgil's help, but also says she has no fear of hell's flames, but she longs to return to paradise. So maybe in this, it's a case of her being able to visit for short periods, which is why she can't guide Dante. She can only go for, uh, you know, a short time. Um, And perhaps if St. Francis is in a similar situation, um, he could only visit hell briefly, but cannot stay. Um, so, you know, again, here's Julia, you know, just responding, hitting these, uh, questions out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third, um, uh, professor, uh, asked a question from Leeds and he joked that there are a lot of perhaps in your answer. Um, and it was very good natured. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a slap. It was, it was just kind of a, a chuckle. And he added, I can see why Professor Wodehouse was eager for a workshop in which to explore them because there are so many, perhaps. And he thanked her for the lecture. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia reddened a bit um, with a sigh of relief, sat back down next to Paul as Professor Wodehouse returned to the lecture. And uh, Paul gave her a discreet thumbs up. Good job, Julia. And she thanked him and was sorry that he had heard the paper before. And Paul told her it was even better the second time. He winked and turned his attention to Professor Wodehouse. So mm-hmm. all is right in the world again. Julia and Paul's friendship has re- been restored. Amen. And uh, Betty said the repeat of the lecture is for those who didn't pay attention to Julia the first time she gave the lecture. There'll be a surprise quiz at the end. Yes, maybe there will be a test at the end of the series. Always my best, my best day at school. When you walk in, you sit down. Now, please pull out a sheet of paper. We're going to have a quiz. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Shell actually asked a great question that I will pose to SR um, Shell. She's saying, but then why is Virgil able to guide him? He wasn't paradise bound. And, you know, that's a possibility. I mean, Virgil may have come through from purgatory purgatory because then you can kind of slip through these different areas this is true this it's is like true. a way station could go either way for you yeah we'll ask sr his take on that question cheryl i want to see what he says to that betty said this is a great chapter is the quiz on paul virgil or julia's lecture <laughs> <laughs> you know i think it'd be cool in a, if, if we get a subsequent book in the series to hear Paul present a lecture, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. I think that would be a yeah, fun be thing to, mm-hmm. you know, cause he has his own areas of research and, <laughs> and Betty says, Virgil can go anywhere. He's Virgil. That's true. Well, 
It is. It is true. But yeah, maybe it because he was in a different level, a different circle, a different circumstance. True. Not to see. The other day, so. I, happened to, I happened upon an infographic of the, of the Dante's Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> interesting anyway well um paul uh, and betty noted paul needs to present a lecture we missed his in redemption we all also missed his graduation we did um and shell says guido will always be sketchy that's exactly why he's in this circle that he is Mm -hmm. there's a lot of sketchy going around Guido's a great personification of it. That is for sure. No, this is just a great chapter. I obviously it's not just because of Paul, uh, the Paul reemergence, but in terms of storyline, it it has advanced quite a bit. We have the element of Julia got those uh, class schedules, so now she knows what is going to be offered. Um, so that helps advance her quest to get to Edinburgh. You have the, the major friendship um, coming together of Paul and Julia. And I think really importantly was that apology. Mm-hmm. Because I think Julia was so, um, it was such a shock to her to get that letter mm-hmm. because she did not see that coming no. at all. And Paul was such a, you know, rock during her her painful period of mm-hmm. separation from uh, Gabriel, that I think that was, you know, I think having that apology was really important for the reparation of the friendship. And then it also demonstrates her growth in the lecturing and the in her academic uh, confidence, mm-hmm. I thought was really, really good. So, yes, as Shell says, things come full circle for Julie and Paul's friendship this chapter Absolutely. and um betty's saying the best part of this presentation is that julia probably showered and cleaned up instead of showing up at the lecture hall smelling of sex <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, help me. betty i adore you <laughs> shower julia shower well well these things are important yes uh-huh <laughs> well, but also remember Gabriel. Gabriel's not there. He had to go to London. That's so. right. He, he's meeting up with Eleanor. Yes. From the BBC. From the BBC, which will be a good chapter to, uh, good to find out what happens there. That's true. And uh, Kenzie noted, because Virgil is a pagan, he was excluded from paradise. He was a pagan, and after guiding Dante, he returned to limbo. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kenzie. I know Kenzie's done some studying and read some uh, more on uh, the Inferno. Mm -hmm. So I had a feeling she would be researching that and getting some information to us. Thank you for sharing that, Kenzie. Um, And Flora said, I agree. Great chapter. So much progression. So It is. There's been a lot. There has been. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I love the way that um, all these characters are now like reaching a different potential. Yeah, it's it's demonstrating that progress, that growth, that arc, right? Mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a very realistic pace too. I mean, it's quick, but at that time of your life, and in those stages of being, things do move very quickly. Mm-hmm. They do. You know, you could meet somebody and get married and have a baby in a pretty quick turn. Mm-hmm. And Miss Kenzie is sorry for the typo. I don't see a typo. Which one? <laughs> I, I think she meant that she repeated the bit about the pagan. Ah. But that was fine, Kenzie. She said, by the way, Passion Flicks just has an article with the Times UK come out but I can't read it because of the paywall. <laughs> yeah, that's the so, problem with the Times in the UK. Well, thank you for including the link um, for that, Kenzie. 
I, th- I think um, Tosca posted something. I, I, there's a picture of her on it. I know that. Mm-hmm. And Rapture Part 3 was mentioned, as it should be. Mm-hmm. As, you long, know. as long as she, there's no spoilers. <laughs> I know. That's all right. Yep. Well, here's the thing. We know what happens in the story. I know, but you, you still, you know, I mean. But the thing is, for people who haven't read it. They, and there are you know. people that haven't read it and have only seen the movies. Right. My neighbor right. is one of those. How about I get you the book? <laughs> no, that's okay. I'll watch the movie. I know, and you miss so much when you don't read the book. Exactly. Exactly. And then I have to sit down for an hour and a half and try to, to try to follow the story, and I've got, like, book three mixing in with book one and book two. <laughs> it just gets complicated. I know. So, anyway. But in the best way. Yes. So. That is very true. So, anyway. And Shell was noting... We see some growth and maturity in some of the characters. And then we see the breakdown of some characters' integrity and self-worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. And um, she said, yes, even though I know the story, it's different seeing it come to life on screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. Totally agree with that. Yeah. I just meant in terms of a spoiler of what happens in... Um, in print in the in the news article. Mm-hmm. Well, the, you know, um, most of her. I'm I'm glad she's getting this publicity. I'll be very honest with you. Mm-hmm. Whether she mentions part three or not, I just the more publicity she gets, the more people sign up. Yep, and that's what she needs because the more subscribers means more budget. And more budget means more books to option and more films to make. So Exactly. um, Still a great, great concept. I'm very happy for her and her continued success. And I hope hope they can continue going. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Next week, um, we're not going to be doing the podcast on Saturday morning next week. We have a special, it's special time, special date. Gabriel's birthday, July 17th. So July 17th at 7 p.m. Um, we'll be doing a celebrating Gabriel's birthday with Betty and Perling of the Gabriel Series podcast. So it'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure they'll have, maybe we'll have many laughs. And oh. How many times Paul will be mentioned? <laughs> So yeah, so we're so it'll be so much fun. There may even be a, there may even be some party games. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> there will be a quiz though. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can join us in the chat. I know it's a very different time, and if not, please feel free to to listen, um, download, and listen the podcast when you can. <laughs> Kenzie notes that Pam will bring the vodka. Well, we're, my, so. sis, my sister and I are trying <laughs> something new today, tonight, and this is something that she uh, and a friend of hers did not too long ago: raspberry vodka with strawberry lemonade. Mmm. <laughs> um, uh, Betty confirmed there will be a quiz, and. Uh, <laughs> Kenzie's saying, I have to prepare for Betty's great questions. Yes. And yes, Shell, we will be tweeting about it. We'll put all the info on social media. I'm working on that graphic. Um, And Laura's saying she loves the music today, Pam. Thank you so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fun that we're doing the party, actually, on the day of Gabriel's birthday. I think that's fun, July 17th. And, yes. You know, as much as we wish SR would space out birthdays, uh, he clumps them together sometimes with some of his characters. So Yeah, because don't we have one coming up in August? We uh, September are the double. There's Claire and then Julia. Well, Claire and Julia, but does, is, uh, William is November. William's November. Nicholas is somebody's um, in August, March. I thought. March. That's Acacia, March seventeenth. Yeah. Oh, Nicholas is in. I'm sorry. Nicholas is actually in August. Right. Yes. 
Nicholas is in August. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they're they're fairly spread out. There's just a couple of them that are close together. So that's true. I'm a lot of Leos and Virgos. <laughs> and thank you, Shell. She said, "Great discussion today, as usual. Great to hear y'all." So thankful you can join us because honestly, I think the strength of the podcast is the people in the chat room. Absolutely. Being able to bring in and us bring your voices forward on the podcast to share your thoughts and ideas because it's fun. And mm-hmm. Elena just said it's on the calendar. Great morning, ladies. May you all have a wonderful week. You all too. So. Yes. What are you, uh, what are we leaving with today, Pam? Um, what song is taking us out? We're leaving with uh, a little bit of the Beach Boys, Sail on Sailor. Nice. Enjoy, and we'll see you next Sunday. Always fearing